Now streaming, the Netflix and Swill podcast. my homies welcome to a very special netflix and school podcast it's a special report for spider-man no way home i am dan caleb is not here because uh i didn't ask him uh, instead i have uh, a, another movie person here who has already seen this movie i uh, saw this movie i think on wednesday at his time because he's a special boy Ooh, uh, but it's tuesday, ma- tuesday look how yeah. special you are uh it is paul from the countdown paul welcome Thank you, Dan. It's great uh, to be back. I'm sorry Caleb's not around, but if he won't watch Spider-Man movies, then how is he supposed to review Spider-Man movies? That is true. All right. So straight into it then, as somebody says, uh, (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home uh, is a 2021 comic book movie. So uh, film purists, avert your eyes. Uh, directed by John Watts, written by Chris Mechanica, Chris Mechanica, uh, Chris McKenna, <laughs> Eric Summers, and Stan Lee gets a writing credit because he'll never not get writing credits for the rest of his time. Uh, mm-hmm. Stars Tom Holland, Zendaya, and Benedict Cumberbum. Uh, Paul, you you've you were just telling me earlier about the uh, the letterbox rating being a four point four. What yeah. is the IMDb rating of this movie? Ooh, last time I checked, let's see. According to Wikipedia, I think it was at nine point two. All right, let's drop slightly to 9.1. Now, for context, everybody, that would put Spider-Man No Way Home in the <laughs> range of Shawshank Redemption and The Godfathers. Well, apparently Spider-Man fans have won the day, and you are one of those, Dan. So I was very, very keen to hear what you thought about this movie. I'm keen to hear what I think about this movie, too, because I, I still haven't made up my mind. Ooh, let's normally, see. Normally, I have one viewing for myself. As a fan, and one viewing, especially when I do it critically, uh, I, I have one viewing as like, all right, how's this work as a movie? Uh, didn't have that second one, so all I have is the first one. So, but first, I want to hear from you, the guy who doesn't. <laughs> I, I don't know, like you're you're not like the spy, uh, Spider-Man guy. You're just like a hey, these movies are neat kind of guy. Yeah. So, what did yeah, you uh, think? Look, uh, overall summary statement. I thought this film was was pretty damn good. I think it was a vast improvement on Far From Home, which I think was pretty bloody average and to even mm-hmm. poor the second time around I watched it. Uh, and I think it's almost as good as Homecoming, which I've really, really come to love as a film, though I think this has the potential to surpass it, but I need to see it another couple of times before I can make that decision. Uh, that is fair. This does have a higher ceiling than than Homecoming because it has a lot more of those moments where you're like, oh, my God. Uh, and we'll talk about those moments because, uh, guys, spoilers to this movie eventually, because there's a lot of shit to fucking talk about that went on here uh, because Marvel went all out. Good for them. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah, look, if you haven't seen this film and you're just here like, oh, what does Dan think? We know Dan loves Spider-Man. Then uh, stop right now and come back after you see oh, the no, film. Oh, no, no. It... I'll, I'll give you initial impressions first, oh, okay. and then right. we can go into spoilers. That way you guys have a little, like, scrap morsel, you know, maybe three minutes of a podcast you can actually listen to before you have to turn it off. But as for my thoughts. Here we go. Uh, I think Tom Holland's really good. I don't I think that's a shock, considering the fact that, uh, despite the fact that I didn't really care for the movie, the devil of the time really showed that he can act. 
And in this movie, he also gets to act like before. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he was acting and he was but he was just having a lot of fun. It was a lot of whimsy. This there's a range of emotions this kid goes through on a, a, like a minute by minute basis. It's it's fantastic. Yep. Uh, there are some other standout performances that would fall into spoilers. So I will not talk about them here. Uh, otherwise, if you're a fan of Spider-Man, there's a lot to love here. I don't know if it earns a two and a half hour runtime, but uh, I don't know. I, I, like I said, it's complicated. How I feel about this is complicated because like I want to love this and I think I love parts of it, mm-hmm. but there are other parts where it's just like, what are you doing here? I don't get this. And maybe we'll come to a consensus as, as this continues. But uh, as of right now, I'm sitting at it's, it's good. I think. Okay. All right. That's more tempered than I expected. But I have to agree with you. There are some things that just don't add up mm-hmm. in terms of, for me at least, in terms of the rationale logic of this film, which yes. maybe it's a silly thing to throw out there for a, for a Marvel comic book film, but you probably heard me bang on about internal consistency. In this universe, the decisions they make have to make sense. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe this film really does. I think they really stretch for things and just kind of hope you'll fly past them because you're so caught up in what are some very emotional moments and very, like you said, those acting beats that Tom Holland has to hit involving the, in those acting or sorry, emotional moments. That's my biggest qualm with the film. Mm-hmm. Other than, yeah, the pacing, particularly in the first half, does suffer at times. It's a little bit like, okay, can we just sort of get, get going here? Let's get on with it. I know they have to set up the universe – now that, that you dropped the bombshell that Peter Parker is Spider-Man at the end of mm-hmm. Far From Home. I know you have to set up that universe, but it, it takes a long time to get to. All right. Everyone knows the setup. We like we know that Doctor Strange is going to cast a spell. The spell is going to go horribly wrong. And then people from other universes are going to come into this universe because uh, of reasons. But like that, I, I feel it, honestly, that feels like it takes place like 45 minutes into the movie. Like and maybe it's maybe only 20. But it, it feels like it takes right. forever to, to get to hour. yeah it, to get to Doctor Strange and it's like okay I get it but also like come on like this is this is where the the two and a half hour runtime doesn't hurt itself after the Doctor Strange stuff I go okay there's a little there's still a little bit of fat but you know I can pass I can pass it I'll be like this is fine but yeah that that first act before we get to the inciting incident is slow probably unnecessarily slow and yeah not not necessary to be that long yeah i think you're probably very right i didn't know anything about this film though so i this is the first time i've made oh that's that's a fucking shock considering my big critique of you as a person who critiques things is he reads director interviews and other shit (laughs) i'll never i will never forgive you for ad astra being like, I hate this movie because the director said it was going to be the most realistic sci-fi movie of all time. <laughs> and I just went, no one cares what the director thinks. He's trying to sell the movie, Paul. Yeah, he oversold it. I think that's the problem there. But in this particular case, I went, you know what? I'm sick of Sony throwing out all this information in their trailers. Even in the first teaser trailer, I'm just not going to do it to myself. So mm. I avoided any and all trailers. I think I only had to leave the cinema once because haven't been that often thanks to COVID right. and the like. Uh, sort of, oh, I'm going to get another, some more popcorn or get another drink or something. I'll be back in you know, three minutes. So I managed to avoid any and all things. The only thing I saw was the poster that had 
the arms of a particular character, shall I say? I don't know how vague we want to be for spoilers. This, no, you can be there. It's just pretty vague. Yep. And I, I did catch one glimpse of something that told me that someone else might be in the film in terms of a villain. And that's it. I knew nothing else. Nothing. So I was like, I honestly thought this film was going to go in a completely different direction than the way it did based on the name alone. So it was quite a surprising sort of, everything was surprising to me in this film. And it was mm. quite the nice experience, I have to say. So I'm going to try and do it again. Although I can't do it with, uh, well, no, I'll save that for spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I will say this, like, uh, apparently it came out recently that this was supposed to be a Craven the Hunter movie, which if you're a Spider-Man fan, you know who Craven the Hunter is. Uh, I've been petitioning that if we get Craven the Hunter is Jason Momoa who plays Craven the Hunter, uh, mm-hmm. because what was that show he did for Netflix? That was like, uh, he plays, Oh, frontier. Like, like that, the character he plays in frontier reminds me a lot of like what a Craven the Hunter would be. So, uh, Hearing that was kind of like, oh, that's a bit disappointing because I want my Craven the Hunter movie, you motherfuckers. Give me Craven <laughs> instead of, you know, doing what you do. But, uh, you know, after watching it, I went, okay, we'll save Craven for later. I feel like this was uh, an adequate way to do what you did. And I, I appreciate that. I don't know anything about Craven the Hunter. Can you enlighten me and the maybe three other people listening who don't know much about him? Uh, he's a man who was genetically augmented to become a better hunter. Uh, he's Russian, but that doesn't matter. Like he could literally be anything. Uh, and, uh, he hunts Spider-Man like my, in my head, the the plot was, is that, well, he, he wants to hunt the most dangerous game and he finds that Spider-Man is the most dangerous game because he's Spider-Man. So in my head, it was, you know, uh, Peter's on the run the whole fucking time. And th- somebody calls in Craven to to hunt him down, and then it's just Peter versus Craven the whole time, with like right. maybe Peter trying to save like carry MJ along the way and like protect his friends and family from Craven and that kind of stuff. Okay, so we d- now, obviously that was not this film. <laughs> no, but 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 fan fan wise, like what a great idea for a movie. Uh, so if you're listening, Hollywood. There, no one listens to this podcast. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know because I've looked at geography sometimes on our show, and it says like there's a lot of people. There's enough like people in San Mateo, which I think is where Netflix is located, uh, oh. that actually listen to the show. So I'm, if you're the one person at Netflix who Netflix pays to listen to podcasts uh, regarding uh, Netflix goings ons, I'm sorry, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I think that's all we can say without getting to the spoilers. So let's get into spoilers now. Uh, uh, for people who are like Paul and can't skip forward after they hear a 15-second <laughs> sound drop, this is your warning for the 15-second sound drop. Let me just play the ending for you. No, no, I don't want to see how it ends. Okay, I could describe it. Um, imagine you're in a room. No, no, like, no, 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 I don't want to know how it ends. I haven't seen the beginning. Uh, yeah, but the ending is awesome. So if I could just play bitch, the... this is what you always do. You always spoil stuff uh, for me. No, I don't. And if I could just play the ending for you real quick, then we'll discuss that. Motherfucker, you always spoil everything before I get a chance okay, to see Okay, you sound like a crazy person right now. All right, so first and foremost, let's talk about the boy. Uh, Kevin Feige said something. Uh, earlier last week where he was like, hey, Charlie Cox is our MCU daredevil. And I went, that's weird timing to say that. I can't believe mm-hmm. he said you. Ha- he has to be in Spider-Man then. And lo and behold, there he was. That didn't Me take long. Pumped up. In the- oh, no, that was like in the first 10 minutes. I was like, yep. this is great. I was like, oh, is is he going to help fight? Because yes. like- I thought he was going to come back into it again. I really mm-hmm. did. Because, I mean, we saw, like, the brick go through the window. He catches the brick, and Peter's like, 
And it's like, I'm a really good lawyer. And it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's cool. But like, that's all we get at Charlie Cox. But I, I, I think it was just more the excitement of like, hey, I didn't realize this was going to be this quick that we are getting Charlie Cox now. Because it was like uh, a three-year exclusivity deal or something, was it? I think it was two, but I two. think okay. I think Marvel didn't know what to do with him because they still had to wrap up the Infinity Saga. And you can't really just like keep through it. Like you can pull a Captain Marvel once where you just throw in a brand new character and you say this person's important towards the end of the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. You can't do that with Daredevil. With, like, especially because like it doesn't like he doesn't matter. Ultimately, like, what are you going to do? Just randomly show up at the end in the portals and everything's going to be fine. I don't think that really matters. So I, I think this is the better way to do it is to, you know, you're starting phase four. You want to add new characters so you get you know, your Charlie Cox daredevil in there. Also, I heard that a different character shows up in a different Marvel show. This, this podcast is not here to talk about that. So uh, don't worry about spoilers for that show. (laughs) Well, that was, that was a great early moment and got the first whoop in the cinema I was in, which is not a big thing in Australia, people whooping and hollering, but I tell you in this film happened a lot. And not just because oh. Wayne was sitting alongside me when uh, when I saw the film. <laughs> so people were really into this. And uh, I don't know if you know any of the sort of money sort of stats for it so far, but it's it's on track to maybe be in the top five opening weekends of all time. Mm-hmm. And it was the third highest opening day in Australian cinema history. So Goddamn. Yeah, as well as I think the highest in Mexico. I think they're looking at $250 million for opening weekend, which is insane. In this in this world we now live in, that is insane. I, it, that's insane in this world. Um, so yeah, there there's that. You know, we get the, um, and then we move on to the Doctor Strange bit, which like Doctor Strange was in it. I think the appropriate amount. I had problems with Homecoming, where I thought Tony Stark was in it a bit too mm-hmm. much, even though mm-hmm. I think Doctor Strange was in this movie percentage wise a bit more than Tony Stark was in. Uh, you know, this the the mm. first the first Homecoming, but. Uh, I feel like it was the appropriate amount, especially considering the fact that, you know, Doctor Strange has been in what his own movie, a couple of Avengers movies, and that's it. Like, I, I, I didn't feel Doctor Strange fatigue. Did you feel any Doctor Strange fatigue? No, I actually quite like the well, the idea of Doctor Strange. I really did enjoy his first movie. I didn't so much enjoy his what if episode, but that's, again, a different uh Podcast. <laughs> oh my god if we could talk about worst episode if you did worst episodes of television from 2021 that's that's on the it's list right up there i would agree with you uh, but i thought he was good in this in terms of yeah i think the right amount i like the running gag between he and peter like call me this oh we've done this mm-hmm. no call me sir damn it and that sort of back and forth that went through the film maybe he got defeated a little bit too easily by by spider-man when they had their sort of square off but sure but otherwise I, I- good i i actually did like it because it finally shows that like peter's capable like because we know dr strange is like this overpowered like badass Mm -hmm. superhero because like he was fucking up thanos pretty good in in infinity war and in endgame so like seeing spider-man finally be like able to take on somebody of like actual power like yes even though he's like oh it's geometry like yeah. he just beats him with geometry. <laughs> you're like cool but like seeing him be able to do something like that i think really showcased like the growth that peter's gone through because before yeah. he was like struggling with like a dude in a robot suit and now he's taken on like the master of the mystical arts Good point. I mean, and, and he's always meant to be one of the biggest, most powerful superheroes, right? Spider-Man, that's sort of canon in, in the Marvel, not cinematic, but Marvel Universe, comic book universe. 
Mm-hmm. As far as I so, know, which yeah, yeah. So I mean, like we get the we we get everybody from everything. So we get Doc Ock, we get Green Goblin, we get uh, the 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 lizard. There we go. I remembered his name, Sandman. Randomly, I I never expected Sandman to show up in this movie. Uh, mainly because I never thought Thomas Hayden Church would do another superhero movie, but here we are. I never thought the lizard would show up. I'd completely forgotten he was a thing until I finally read that it was Reese Farns who plays my... Oh, yeah, I have that vague memory from whichever Amazing Spider-Man it was. The first one. It was the first one. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, so, look, fine. fine. Uh, I like that sort of, like I say, rogues gallery and, and they come together. The big part, though, the big strange thing, which I think some people have, like, like really? Spider-Man decides because Aunt May gets in his ear and says, come on, you got to try and help these people and fix them yeah. before you send them back. Yeah, this is, this is this is the, the, the problem that I have with the movie is that Aunt May is all up in his shit and I'm just like, why? Like, I don't I don't think we've ever had this before. Like, I, I guess technically in Into the Spider-Verse where uh you know, original universe, Peter has Aunt May go into the spider cave and, you know, she's aware of that kind of stuff. But I don't think we've ever had like an Aunt May specifically leading the charge and being like, here, this mm. is what you need to do to be a hero. So hearing her do that, I'm like, but why? Like, I know I know the ultimate answer is because you don't have a movie if you don't. <laughs> it's true. But like it didn't make sense why she was like, oh, no, you got to fix all these. They're all so broken. Like and I get it. Like they introduced Feast, which is something newish to the comic books, if I'm aware of. Uh, I, I don't know. I've only heard of it from the PS4 Spider-Man game. But, uh, you know, she runs this thing called Feast, which is basically like helps like it's like a homeless shelter, basically. Yeah, right. Around, around New York. We've never seen it before. Uh, I had no Thank idea you. that May was so fucking charitable, but uh, this May was so charitable. But like, where was this in Homecoming? Where I was honestly this thought the same thing. Home? I'm like, did I forget something here? Is May like, has she been working in this sort of area the whole time? And I just wasn't paying attention. I'm a shit, shit viewer. Uh, but to hear you say, no, this is absolutely out of the blue is, okay, reassuring. Yeah, this is out of the blue for this universe. And like, if you wanted to put in, like instill these values in Peter first, Maybe introduce Feast in, I don't know, Homecoming. Have, have him show up, like, do like do deliveries for Feast or, or what, like, do some tasks for Feast. Like, yeah, you have the whole friendly neighborhood Spider-Man thing in the beginning of the, the movie where he does, like, the flip. And he's like, do a flip! And then he does the flip. <laughs> but, like, maybe you could, like, have him, like, running some errands for Feast as, like, Spider-Man or something. I don't know. Some, yep. Something. Any, anything to show that Feast exists. Like, you can't, like, they just throw it in here. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. What? Huh? <laughs> All right, we're rolling with that one. And it was strange that, no pun intended, that he just then turned on a dime and decided, "All right, yeah, what the fuck? I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix all these people." And all right, so interestingly enough, so Norman Osborn is the first one that he kind of tackles, or well, starts to tackle, but goes gets on him on side. Doc Ock's the first one he actually attends to, mm-hmm. and manages to get the thing in his neck. And so that's a cool moment. Like, all right, Doc Ock seemingly is fixed but then it all goes completely pear-shaped because actually norman osborne's been faking or turns i'm not sure which do you think he was bad the whole time and just faking it or was he really did he just come back into his sort of psychotic schizophrenic alternative other evil self green goblin uh it was 
it was definitely like because his personality was like like the green goblin personality was like i've been watching like this entire time like i've let norman drive but like i've been watching right. this whole time i've been waiting and i don't want you to, to fuck this up for me but i mean I, i'm i'm okay with that but i'm still stuck on the whole the, the whole may thing like it i don't know how you introduce that and go this is fine like I, it's just such a bad like it just turns everything and i'm just like i don't understand this may i've never run like who is this person like we've never gotten any actual character from her all we've had is like her and happy and that's about all her scenes are yep and i and just reacting it, to peter that's all she's done yeah. the whole time yeah and, and if you put in the the stuff where it's like hey we're gonna have you know her like her and peter at a feast event and maybe like a villain shows up cool but like throwing a feast in at the end was kind of dumb so and we have them go through all the all the people uh you know peter fixes doc ock now here's the big thing i think we all i think we i'm trying to figure out how they came to the universe because they all know that peter is spider-man uh and they all uh hate peter but like for instance doc ock he dies and he doesn't hate Peter because by that time the chips he short circuited his own chip. I do remember this from two thousand four. Don't you? Don't anybody you, come you. at me? Yep. Uh, so like he short circuits the own his own chip in his neck, so his tentacles no longer control his brain, and that's when he drowns the sun thing. I can't remember what exactly it's called, but he drowns it in the bay. Norman Osborn, yeah, it's fine that he still hates Peter because he you know killed him with his own glider. Yep. Uh, the lizard, I'm pretty sure he fucking turned him back into Doc Connors, because if I remember correctly, when they turned him back in this movie, uh, they said that they reused the footage from oh, that movie. Right. Like, like Reese Ifans wasn't actually in this movie. He was. They just used archival footage of him, and they Shit. just had somebody as a sound like uh, do him. I, if I'm remembering correctly from what I heard. Uh, okay, same thing with Thomas Hayden Church. They used ar- archival footage of him, and then um, they had a different voice in for for him. Oh, that wasn't his voice. Shit. I don't. I don't think so. So he gets a he gets some kind of pay paycheck because they're using his likeness, but otherwise mm-hmm. he doesn't get paid properly. All right. Yeah, and, okay. and I think that's why when we saw uh, casting, like we saw, um, not Norman Reedus, uh, Willem Dafoe. There we go. Yep. Willem Dafoe, Alfred Molina, Jamie Foxx. Like those three were announced. We never heard anything about Reciphons or Thomas Hayden Church, and I think I think that's why is because they never used them in okay. like they, they they never used the actors so they just used archival stuff and sound alikes like they do with um red skull in infinity war and endgame yep. yep interesting what else is interesting to me is clearly now did electro know who peter parker was oh sorry who spider-man was did he know he was peter parker before he meets his fate in amazing spider-man 2 i'm trying to remember that because i don't remember because i've only seen that movie once i thought Me it too. was Kind of bad, except for the whole, the whole shot of like the Gwen Stacy death thing. That that was kind of neat, uh, which we get a payoff to. Uh, that was good in this year. Yeah, uh, but like other than that, like I don't remember. Like if you would have told me if you, they would have brought back Dane DeHaan, which I would have like shot myself uh, if they <laughs> did that. But like Dane DeHaan makes more sense, I think. But I I don't remember the whole Electro knowing Spider Man thing. I, I think it was just like a, an excuse to have Electro in this movie. Yeah, well, if he didn't know him, then it, sort of the, the sense of him coming back doesn't make any sense. Nor does the sense of trying to cure him when clearly he's not down with this solution. He's for one, Jamie Fox doesn't look like the Jamie Fox from Amazing Spider-Man Two. No, 
he is now buff and amazing looking and whatever else. And I'm still trying to work that one out because everyone else is meant to be who they were back in those films, right? So that right. doesn't really hold up. Uh, I'm, a, I'm okay Sorry, with God. it because like, it, it looked like he became pure energy and then reconstituted himself. And I think they kind of like hand, like hand, like hand waved it whenever he's like, the energy in this universe feels different. So when okay, he reconstitutes himself with the energy of this universe, he looks <laughs> like right. Jamie Foxx, the actor. How about this one then? I can't remember what Thomas Hayden Church Sandman's character's name is in the actual human name. But he just wants to go back because he's kind of he's okay with Peter at the end of Spider-Man 3, right? They're, they're not right. mortal enemies or whatever. And he just wants to get home to his daughter. Yet when everyone else turns and goes, goes mental and crazy, one, Doc Ock, who's been cured, runs off with them. And two, Thomas Hayden Church, or sorry, Sandman, does a heel turn as well. And I'm like, why? This doesn't make any um, sense. I don't think Doc Ock does go with him. He gets flung out the building and then we don't see him again. Okay, so he's I, just I, lost. I forget, I forget who throws him out the window, but someone throws him out the window and then Sand, yeah, and then Sandman <laughs> goes off with him. And yeah, the Sandman part makes no fucking sense whatsoever. But I'll, I'll forgive the Doc Ock <laughs> thing if he just got knocked out and woke up later and couldn't find anyone until he saw the broadcast that, that brought him to the Statue of Liberty. Right. Oh, what it was was Electro uh, shocked him in the hopes that it would fry his chip and like it flung him out the window. And yeah. I think everyone was just like, ah, fuck Doc Ock for now. And then yep. he comes back and does his thing. But yeah, so and then like that whole fight with with Green Goblin and um and the lizard was fucking awesome. That was the the first big action beat like i know the we you have the doc ock fight with the iron spider suit but like that was kind of like a, eh, i mean i wasn't that impressed with that it was all right it was all right but it was a long yeah. it was a long time to sort of wait for this and then of course the big payoff at the end of that is uh the big death in this film yeah yeah uh marissa tomei this was said that somebody would be dying in this movie uh everyone speculated that it would be either happy or marissa tomei and here it was it was aunt may Mm -hmm. so we get our uncle ben moment but with aunt may moment uh i'm fine with it because we've never really had an uncle ben in the movies and it never really seemed like it was that big of a part of peter's character in the first place i liked it i liked the way it got worked in here at the end this is the the final kind of moment, right, that makes Spider-Man into the ultimate hero that he's going to be. He needs to lose someone. And Into the Spider-Verse told us that every Spider-Person loses someone along the way somewhere. And here was Peter's big moment in this particular iteration. I think it makes sense from a story perspective, even though they did kind of telegraph it a little bit once she got knocked over and she sort of stood up. It's like, nope, we're focusing on this way too long. Oh, yeah, she's dead. Okay, yeah, she's cool. dead. Yeah. Uh- I was wondering if they would pull like Tony Stark being that moment for him, but uh, I, I think Far From Home kind of showed that it wasn't like his define that defining moment for him. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, it's are you going to be the next Iron Man? Maybe, uh, which uh, I don't want to rehash my my thoughts over that stupid <laughs> line. But this this is much more emotionally grounded in like, hey, this is a woman who you know, has done so much good apparently for everybody. And she's done so much good for me. She's been a mother figure to me and now she's dead. And now I basically have my friends and that's fucking it. I have nobody else in this world. And now I have to go through that because, uh, everyone found out I was Spider-Man and I tried to fix it and I'm an idiot. Yep. Yeah. And then we can write that off because Peter is still very young and he's still, as you say, therefore an idiot. And so the things he wants to happen and he ends up making Dr. Strange's spell go awry by asking for all these moderations or modifications, I should say, to it. And and then later on, he just wants to have the quick solution. He just wants to kill 
Green Goblin for killing Aunt May. But then we get the timely interference of the other two big spoilers in the film. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I this had been rumored for months. Uh, mm-hmm. I was aware of them, and I was just like, I mean, if they show up, cool. If they don't show up, fine. Uh, I would like Peter to be able to, to fight all these villains by himself. But then, you know, we get Andrew Garfield first, and I'm like, hell yeah. And he does, he does his normal Spider-Man thing where, like, he's the quippy Spider-Man. He's the one who, you know, is, is quick to make a joke at any time. And then we get uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man who uh, comes in like fucking Steve from Blue's Clues. Are you aware of this? I do not know Steve from Blue's Clues. Okay. Um, well, Steve from Blue's Clues, uh, he was he was the original host of Blue's Clues. He he disappeared. He went to college and then like basically left our lives forever. And then he recently came back. And that's kind of what Tobey Maguire looks like to me in this movie was Steve <laughs> from Blue's Clues, but with hair. Uh, I, I was like, I couldn't get it out of my head for a bit. But he's the more thoughtful, reserved Spider-Man. Like, yes, he'll he'll randomly quip like... <laughs> Like he says the very un PC joke, like, "Oh, did your husband make this for you?" What, uh, <laughs> if you remember the the, the wrestling match where uh, Randy Sav- he's wrestling Randy Savage and yep. Randy Savage does his costume, he's like, "Oh, that's a nice costume. Did your husband make it for you?" Like, uh, not okay. not great in in you know twenty twenty one, but still, you know, he'll he'll throw out the odd quip there, but you know, he's the more thoughtful, reserved Spider Man, and that's kind of what our Peter in this MCU needs is a thoughtful Spider-Man. Uh, Andrew Garfield shows off a hell of a lot of emotionality in this movie, uh, especially when he saves MJ at during great. the final That's battle a great moment. Yep. Where, where he, you know, he catches her. He doesn't just use the web to try to catch her. He like uses his whole body to save her. And he's like, she's like, damn, that was smooth. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he's like fucking trying not to lose it because he's like, this is just, if I just did this, everything would have been fine. I never would have lost Gwen Stacy. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, maybe it's too extreme to call it a redemptive moment, but it's a great callback and one which I think, as you say, anyone who remembers anything from Amazing Spider-Man 2, that's the moment that mm-hmm. you're going to remember. And so it was like, wow, nice, very nice. And there was just lots of, lots of little moments, lots of little meta moments in between. They, they kind of call each other out for their shortcomings and whatever else the previous films as those sort of meta bits and pieces. Uh, you know, come on, man, you're amazing. No, like, I mean, <laughs> amazing. Yeah, well, I mean that 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 scene right there was definitely like Steve from Blues Clues vibes because he would always like try to pump everyone else's tires, be like, "You're a great person, like you're fantastic," and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> "I'm gonna have to look up this Blues Clues after this because I uh, still you, have you, no you idea. do <laughs> you you're gonna watch it. Uh, your daughter, hope, wait, what your daughter's like nine, right? Coming up right? on, yep. Okay, good. So she won't want to watch Blue's Clues because that's about the like younger than that. Like I think when I first started listening to your podcast, like that was she was the age for Blue's Clues. Now she's a bit past that. So okay, right. you'll you'll probably look at it and be like, "What's this baby stuff you're watching?" <laughs> <laughs> nice. So did you yeah, did you Spider Man? Uh, my my one line review on Letterbox was basically all the Spider fans are going to be so aroused that that's the accounting for all the tingling that you're experiencing right now because. Was this just like all your dreams at once, all these villains, the three spider men working together, or did it fall flat for you? Or did it not live up to the hype? It's not, I'm not going to say it didn't live up to the hype because like, unfortunately I've had so much time to dissipate the hype because of knowing, because the internet can't fucking help themselves <laughs> when they, when they report anything and you see tweets online. Um, it, it, it didn't fall flat. 
I can say that, but it didn't live up to that hype of like, oh, because, you know, I, I had known about it, but like I, I, I look at this and I'm like, this is super heartwarming. And this is, these are the guys he needs around him right now, story-wise, because he just lost somebody. He has yep. nobody to go back to. Like, this is different from the other two Spider-Man movies where, you know, he can go back to Uncle Ben dies. He can go back to Aunt May. Mm-hmm. ain't no uncle ben he's just got his friends he's just got himself like the first thing he does is go off by himself and he's like i want to kill him and peter's like i did that it didn't make me feel any good I, mm-hmm. I actually felt like garbage after i did that and you know same thing with uh with the uh, andrew garfield's peter he was like i felt like garbage too you know but you you can't you got to be better than them you do you, you have to rise to the ideal great power great responsibility and all that <laughs> shit and like how did you know who told you that? And it's like Stanley said that. And then every that got ripped into every Spider-Man yep. thing ever. So, you know, that's uh, nice. I, I think you're right. I think to have it, he needed those two, not just to defeat the, the physically, the, the overwhelming odds of these villains, but emotionally he needed them at that particular point. And so right. it all works on that level. And I, I really, for one, really enjoyed the banter back and forth. I thought these were the legitimately mm-hmm. funniest moments in phase four of the MCU by so, so far. Like the comedy was hitting most of the time. And I'm just like, this is such a relief. Thank God. Where were these writers, at least in terms of the, the dialogue on the previous MCU films since uh, Endgame? Because they've been missing. Although these guys probably wrote uh, Far From Home as well. They definitely wrote Far From Home. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we get the, we get the big fight. Uh, everything everything goes to plan. Uh, we we start healing everybody except for Norman, who comes up to fuck everything up at the end. Start throwing goblin grenades at everybody, uh, and then we get we get our one v one. And I remember that uh, now I'm sounding like you. There there was an interview where they were like, <laughs> "Yeah, Spider Man pulls a move that he's never pulled before in this movie." And I just went, "I don't know what that move is, but if it's the hand to hand combat shit with the Green Goblin, like that stuff was." fantastic that is some stuff i wanted to see from spider-man is more hand-to-hand combat like that versus what he's been doing before which is mainly just web-based yep just whipping around and and, yeah sticking people to walls or hanging from ceilings or whatever else whereas wailing on norman here for well green goblin here for what he did to to may and he has that moment and he's almost gonna do it and then it's Toby Maguire, Peter. Peter Parker, nope. who comes in and sort of stops him from doing so and then gets inconsequentially stabbed because after that it's just played for laughs and he's going to be fine. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, because like when we when we heard about Big Death and then we were like, oh, what if it's one of the Spider-Men? What if Toby Maguire is just like, if I, I'll come back for this, but I never want to I never want to see you people again. You know, he's going to Harrison Ford it. <laughs> yeah, fucking kill me. You know, I don't need Adam Driver. Who the fuck is this? You know. <laughs> Get me out of here. Uh, no, I, I actually did think this would be the death. If if I was putting money on it, this would have been the one where I was like, oh, he dies. But then it's like, nah, I'm fine. So it's like, is it set? Are we setting up more adventures of Peter, Peter and Peter? Or uh, look, who or knows, something? given the multiverse and, and all the rest of it, but uh, the Spider-Verse. But yeah, he's not the most liked man in Hollywood, Toby Maguire. He has that particular reputation. And from what I could tell, this is the first sort of in front of camera role he's had in years so he's sort of almost come out of semi-retirement slash being blacklisted i don't know well uh if you remember molly's game uh michael mm-hmm. Sarah, that character is uh, allegedly yep. toby mcguire now of course the the funny thing is about that is my girlfriend works at a hair salon and uh the molly bloom uh yep. will come in there sometimes as a customer 
Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend never world. met her. Oh. Never met her, but uh, yeah, apparently that's happened. So I told her to ask her about the movie. Be like Jessica Chastain, right? And, <laughs> yeah. But it hasn't happened yet. So one day, one day. Yeah. Uh, and then of course we have to have the consequences of your actions. Where you know Peter's like, look, all this is my fault. Let's just have the world forget that I'm Peter Parker. Uh, or like forget who Peter Parker is, and I'm at that what point. What was like, the wording, Dan? Because I I am going back and forth in my head. Does it say everyone forgets that I'm Spider Man, or is it the world forgets no. Peter Parker? The world forgets Peter Parker. Because Therefore, okay. It, it, because then you have Spider. Everyone still knows who Spider Man is. You right. know, you're still going to have your your Michael Keaton, and he'll forget who Peter is. Uh, which I wonder how that's going to handle be handled in Morbius, but we'll we'll talk about that mm. never because Morbius is not on my list of things to watch ever. <laughs> um, but like, so you have you have that kind of stuff. Like he's not he's not going to be an Avenger anymore. He's going to be the friendly neighborhood Spider Man again, or maybe he will be an Avenger. I don't know. That'll be interesting. But like nobody knows who Peter Parker is. Like he's not going to have you know the Iron Man money. The Iron Man uh, he, he's not going to have access to Stark Corp. Or Stark Industries, he, he's not going to have you know Doctor Strange being his friend. He's just going to be, you know, as we see at the end with the with the new suit, it's just going to be oh, it's going to be closer to the classic comic book Spider Man, where he's going to be fighting a guy in a rhino costume in a, in a big rhino machine thing that Andrew <laughs> Garfield makes fun of. I have I have some qualms with this. Okay, one I hate the Deus Ex Machina element of this. Just just do that and everything's great, hooray! Except uh, the woman I love and my best mate are just not going to know me anymore, and I've lost everybody. I get it from a narrative standpoint. I get it from a rebooting standpoint and a new trilogy and whatever else. If Tom Holland does sign on from it, so it makes sense at that level. But in uh. this universe, how does Spider Man have? a high school graduate certificate. How does, not Spider-Man, Peter Parker. How does Peter Parker have a social GD. security number? How does That's Peter Parker rent a room or apply to college or get to do any of those things? Because he is now does not exist in all effect because he can't have gone to high school because then people will remember him. So it just doesn't work. Uh, sure. He is taking a GED. He, he is getting his GED. They, they show a GED book in the one of the boxes he has in his apartment. So, so G, is that going back to start all over again and doing it again? Is it? That is a. I, I've never gotten it, and I've never had. I've never considered it, but it is supposed to be a high school diploma equivalent kind of thing. So he will have technically graduated high. It's basically okay. a test. And but how does he, how does he even test, apply for that? Because show us some ID of who you are. Uh, I don't, Paul. I, I think what it affects is everyone's memories. Like no one's going to remember Peter Parker. It's not that Peter Parker doesn't exist. Just, but that doesn't work because Peter Parker can't. If you can't remember the kid who came and got his ID or did his driver's test or did any of those things, then he can't have. I don't know. I but he has the ID, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just don't think it works. I don't like what were Ned. What was Ned and, and MJ doing last week when they went to the Washington Monument? A Spider-Man rescued them. That is, but Peter wasn't there. But he was such a critical part of that. Anyway, look, mm -hmm. I just don't think it works. I think it's all very convenient, and you just have to let it gloss over you. But for me, that really dropped my score. Like up until oh, no, that I was, point, I was totally fine with that. Uh, up until that point, I was like, "This film's great. I'm I'm ready to ride and high on it. I'm loving it." Yep. Yeah. Oh, come on, come on now. This this just doesn't work. No, that's fair. That, no, that's fair. I, like, uh, I get it. Uh, I, I think, again, you're looking for too much logic in yes. a comic book movie <laughs> where uh, a wizard 
had to use a spell in order to repel entrance from a multiverse uh, from killing who who were just chilling in the sky, ready to walk out and be like, yo dog, we're here to kill this random kid who has spider powers. Like just, you know, I've seen stupider things in comic books. Also, I want to point out real quick. I'm scared for the next movie. I am scared. I'm scared because the most infamous comic book arc of all time uh, in terms of Spider-Man is called One More Day. Uh, This takes place after Civil War, uh, immediately after Civil War, where Spider-Man reveals his identity to the world because the comic book Civil War is much different. Uh, Basically, Iron Man, uh, like a bunch of like no-name superheroes and supervillains get into a fight in like the middle of nowhere uh, and uh, everyone dies, including like a school bus full of kids. Oh, okay. And so the woman, this woman approaches Tony Stark and is like, you're fucking responsible for this because you've done like you, your example has led all these like new superheroes who are completely untrained on anything, led them to start, you know, not caring about the consequences. So Tony Stark goes hyper militant once every superhero and supervillain registered. Uh, so that way, you know the government can keep track of them. Captain America doesn't like that because, you know, back in the Liberty. day, he, he fought in world war two. Uh, and it was very, he, he, there's a lot of parallels to, you know, Nazism and that kind of stuff. Yep. And so like during that whole thing, Peter Parker comes out and was like, hi, I'm Peter Parker and Spider-Man. And then may gets killed by, I believe the green goblin. So, okay. May has been killed by the green goblin. And if I get the fucking one more day storyline where it's although Peter has already lost everything, so I guess it wouldn't matter. But Peter uh, basically he goes to Mephisto, which uh, is the devil character in the MCU. And he's like, yo, I'll give you back your aunt, but you got to lose your marriage with MJ. Uh, And she basically doesn't remember who you are. And Peter's Mm -hmm. like. I'll take that. And everyone's like, fucking no, just live your life with MJ. May wanted you to be happy, you fucking idiot. Uh, so if I get that next movie, I'm going to rage. Yeah. I'm going to be so fucking mad. Uh, but I do think this is a nice, clean break. Uh, and I think they left it mostly ambiguous because they didn't know how the Spider-Man deal with Marvel was going to go. Because I think there were yeah. still negotiations over the the rights to the how the MCU you mean, you is going to use Spider Man, Sony, Sony and yeah. uh, and Marvel, yep. Right. So I think this leaves them that clean break point where it's like, okay, we could have done the thing where we're just like, all right, Spider Man's no longer in this universe, and we have him fighting the Sony villains now, who are Morbi- Morbius, Venom, those guys. Instead, we are left in this kind of like no man's land, like what the fuck is going to happen to Spider-Man now? Is he still technically in, in the MCU? Like are people going to remember him from the MCU? Like mm-hmm. what, what happens here now? It is interesting. I a hundred percent agree on, on that particular front. And like I said, it's a blank slate. They can kind of go whatever direction they really want from here, depending on what I think they have worked out that, that Spider-Man will be part of the MCU still. At least that's what yes. they're sort of talking up, but yes. nothing's been obviously formally announced at this very, very early stage, but the box office will speak volumes. Sony's going to go, we make all the money. Marvel goes, we help you make that money and we get a bit of it ourselves. Why wouldn't this very fruitful connection slash joint venture continue? I think part of it is that because Marvel makes 
versus Sony trying to get 100%. And it depends on how much of a ceiling Sony sees this as. If Sony thinks that they can make the same amount of money that they did with Homecoming without any Marvel involvement, then you see Spider-Man go. Uh, I don't think that's possible. Uh, unfortunately, in this in, in this day and age, I don't. I, I think if you're not tied to the MCU and you're a Marvel character, you're you're gonna flop. I don't think this Morbius movie is gonna do anything. Oh god, it looks uh, awful. It looks so bad. Uh, but like Venom surprised me, like because that made no sense how that made as much money as it did. I'll never understand. Oh, and if uh, you've seen the second one, Dan, oh my god, it I is. Haven't. I've, I haven't seen either movie. Oh, the second one. It's almost worth watching them both just to see the second one, to see how much full of rage you can be because you have an attachment to this character. I watched it, it was full of rage for this has wasted my time so fucking much. I hated yeah. that film. Yeah. Ugh. So uh, we get the emotional scene at the end where, mm-hmm. you know, he goes to the coffee shop where MJ is working and he's like, hi, I'm Peter Parker. And he has this whole speech prepared. And they have like a regular conversation and he's like ready to say something to her. And then he puts it in his back pocket. Now, let me ask you, is he putting it in his back pocket because he plans on using it again? Or is he just saying, you know what? I think I'm out. You know, they're happy. They're good to go. Yeah. I think what we're meant to believe at the end of this film is this is now Peter Parker. This is Spider-Man grown up. He has matured. He now understands what it takes to be a hero, and that means personal sacrifice for the people that he loves. And so he will protect them rather than put them in harm's way. He will let them live their lives. They've both gotten into MIT. They're mm-hmm. both moving on, and he's he's going to sacrifice his own happiness for their well-being. And I think that's what we're meant to believe. Of course, it could all change in the next movie because I think both of those two characters in this were great together with with. Um, Tom Holland I think Zendaya had a lot more to do in this movie I was really pleased to see that I know that I haven't seen Malcolm and Marie but I'm told by those who love it and those who don't love it uh, that she's good either way Uh, it's just the film sucks or doesn't Uh, so it's good to see her get to sort of stretch her acting chops a bit here and I think um, Ned was really great Jacob Battlin as Mm -hmm. well the three of them form a really great triumvirate I don't know if Spider-Man will be the same without them I agree it's going to be interesting. Uh, again, it depends on what they do, because I, I think the deal was signed. So I don't know if we're going to get another cameo, like if Peter Parker is going to show up randomly in Doctor Strange or or something like if we're going to get that kind of a thing where mm-hmm. the universe resets again. I think that'd be dumb. Uh, I've heard <laughs> it's mainly just going to be Doctor Strange and Wanda, which. I want to see what Wanda's been up to. Uh, I didn't see the trailer at the very, very end. Oh, but, uh, say, did you see the very end? Because I, I can't avoid the trailers for that film because I've now seen one because that right. was the end credit, the new trailer for in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I, I read that online. I'm like, eh, I don't need to see that. I'm already going to go see it. It's Sam Raimi. It's it's Doctor yeah. Strange who, uh, despite the fact that like I thought visually his first movie was very good, I, the, the actual Greed. substance wasn't that great. Uh, but then, you know, the Infinity War stuff was basically another Doctor Strange movie. Endgame gave me more. Uh, what if almost killed it for me, but then <laughs> this this pulled it back from the brink. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see Sam Raimi return to comic book movies and do a, a Doctor Strange movie. So I was already in. So, I, you know, the as little as I know about that movie, the better. Yeah, I would agree. And that's I'm going to try some of these big 10 polls. Like, I've seen every trailer for the Matrix film coming out because 
I needed to be convinced that I should bother to go and see it after right. the last one. Whereas because you, I'm going to go and see Emmy, every MCU film. I'm just going to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Right. I mean, you've been hurt. Uh, I, I've I heard the hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, idiotically, between now and I think I'm going to see it on the 28th of December, um, I'm going to watch those the second and third one again to prepare myself for it. I'm going to let oh. myself be hurt again, Dan. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're you're just asking for pain. But yeah. I am. Uh, fi- final thing, post credit scene with, with Eddie Brock. Ugh, uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, if that's what Venom is, uh, I'm good being ambivalent towards that franchise. Uh, he goes back to his own universe, which like, okay. Uh, I know they set that up at the end of Far From Home where like Eddie Brock shows up. And I think it was supposed to be like, hey, maybe he's like, we see the symbiote. So I, yeah. At tiny some point, bit of it. More, this the symbiote's gonna happen in in the MCU, which like cool. Uh, I, I I can't wait to see it. I guess, but I I don't think it's gonna be the fourth movie. I it will probably be the fifth movie, if I had a guess. Because as we know, typically, except for this one, because this is the darkest of of the three. Mm-hmm. The second movie is always the darkest movie of uh, a trilogy. See Two Towers. See Empire Strikes Back. Strikes Back. See yep. The Last Jedi. See. Um, Temple of Doom, Attack, Attack of the Clones, <laughs> yes. uh, and by darkest for Attack of the Clones, I mean the worst one. <laughs> uh, boy, that's uh, yeah, it's a shit film. But yeah, is it worse than Phantom Menace? I don't know. Oh yes, I can, I can, You've I will watch again. Phantom I will Menace. Again. <laughs> I I will watch Phantom Menace again. I will not watch Attack of the Clones again. Fair enough. So, Fair enough. Uh, Paul, uh, we basically spoiled the entire movie in spoilers, so good job there. Do you have any final thoughts on this two-and-a-half-hour movie? Look, I think it's very good. I think it pulls together in a way that Phase 4 has so far pretty much failed to do, and it gives you a little bit more excitement for what this multiverse might throw at us. So uh, other than the fact that everything we talked about, good fun film. I like Spider-Man. I'm not a huge fan. I haven't read all the comic books, but... This film entertained me, and other than I agree, the first half an hour and some questionable internal lacking in logic moments, mm-hmm. uh, and the Deus Ex Machina ending, I really liked it, and I would thoroughly recommend it. And so, I'm going to go three and a half as my score. That is a fair score. I will need to watch this again. It probably won't be till this this coming week at some point. Uh, hopefully when the hype dies down and everyone's not all up in the theater in my grill, uh, you know, uh, I'll check it out then watch it again and hopefully get more out of it. I'm going with a very tentative three and a half as well. This is a good movie. Boom. Uh, the, the runtime is probably not earned, but again, on a rewatch, we'll see. We'll see how I feel uh, about that first 30, 30 ish minutes. But yeah, uh, Obviously, you've probably seen this movie, uh, especially if you've been this far. If you Please. if you haven't seen the movie and you're this far into the episode, the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Evaluate your life choices. Yes, uh, but yeah, if you haven't seen the movie, go see it. It's uh, better than The Godfather, says the internet. <laughs> and up there with Shawshank Redemption. Up there with Shawshank Redemption is one of the greatest movies of all time. Where you, okay, so I guess with that, where do you think this will settle? In terms of overall IMDb rating, like top 250, just outside. Uh, I'm not the expert on the IMDb top 250, oh, but my guess is it will gradually fall and fall and fall and fall. Maybe it sits in that sort of 200 to 250 range. 
maybe it just drops out once the hype has passed and people go back and watch it again and kind of go, yeah, it's good, but it wasn't great. Um, sure. And maybe drop their scores a little bit. But at the moment, we've got the the Marvel fans who are really elevating. And that happens every time a Christopher Nolan film yep. drops or an MCU film drops. So I don't know what the highest ranked MCU film is. That'd be interesting whether it's uh, Endgame or Infinity War is right up there. Let me find out. Oh, uh, cur- actually, cur- currently it is No Way Home. At uh, somehow went to eight point nine in in the time oh, of this recording. recording. <laughs> uh, okay, it has, yeah, Other dropped than- down to eighth. All right, that does not that bodes well for my theory at least. After that, yeah. what's next? I mean, it, it has nowhere to go but down, basically. Yeah, of course. Uh, where? Where? Wow, scrolling. I'm scrolling. Avengers: Infinity War at sixty three, eight point four. There you go. So, it's is it better than be- Infinity War? No. no, absolutely not. So I think it's going to at least drop below that uh, into the Spider Verse at sixty six. It's going to ha- mm-hmm. it's going to drop below that surely. That's that's the interesting thing is we I've seen a lot of people put this at number one on their Spider Man rankings. I've seen a lot of people put this at like I think number four or five. Like it goes Spider Man two into the Spider Verse, Spider Man one, Homecoming, and then this are the top five of the nine, technically nine. I don't know. I I would need I need to rewatch everything because it's yeah. been so long since I rewatched everything that I would need to do that before I could even consider making I mean, that it, list again. I think those five would have to be, even though I wasn't a huge fan of Spider Man Two, you know, but I've never watched it again for a second time. And I know I'm in the minority, and I'm going to rewatch it again because I clearly didn't give it a fair shot. I must have missed something, so I'm going to do sure. that, and then I can rank those five films. But I think those are the ones for me. Into the Spider Verse is is by far the best of all the Spider Man films. I've never been so uh, thoroughly blown away by something I've seen on the screen before. Like it was just one of a kind and just incredible. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to ask you to rank the Spider-Man. I just, I, I just think it's in the conversation with those five. Like it's, yep, it's, it's probably four or five. It's probably around Spider-Man for me, the first Spider-Man. Uh, it's definitely better than three. It's definitely better than the amazing Spider-Man. It's definitely better than the amazing Spider-Man two. Yep. Yep. So, yep. Uh, no, it's also better than Far From Home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. By a, a long, long shot. Yeah. All right. Well, Paul, uh, thank you for spending almost an hour with me. Jesus Christ. I didn't think it would go this long. We did well. Uh, and thank you for having me back, <laughs> Dan. It's been a while since we've shared the mic. It's uh, good yeah. to talk with uh, your good self. And yeah, we'll get, to, we'll get to doing this again sometime. Come back my way and help me out when Wayne's being slow and slack. Oh, I mean, that sounds like Wayne. It does, it does, and he's uh, he's a single man again now. So, uh, uh, so that means there'll be even less time that, to do shit. This, this poor man. What is what <laughs> what what is he doing? He is forty five. <laughs> what is happening? He just. Uh, I think he doesn't know how to settle down nor want to anymore. I think uh, he's realizing yeah, that he's just a uh, he's Tony Stark in waiting, just without that's all fair. the money and a far less hair. <laughs> way less hair uh we can say that well i you can say that i yes i i don't know i'd love to see wayne like with like some hair like just let him like not shave his head for like a few days and just see like what fuzz pops out i think i have a bit of fuzz i don't think you have as much as you so Mm, there we go i have something (laughs) i I got something uh so paul uh, everyone can find you at the countdown movie tv movie and tv reviews just google it as wayne would say uh i will include links in the show notes because i'm a normal human being (laughs) is Uh, that a shot wait i'm not sure 
No, it's just like just just saying Google it is like uh, I don't know about that one. But okay, mm-hmm. Wayne, you do you do you. That's Wayne being lazy because he does that yeah. so well. <laughs> Guys, just fucking Google it. I don't want to make a website. Just Google my shit. Oh, I wish I could make a website. I'm just not smart enough to do so. So if you want to walk me through it hand by, hand, I will create that website and just model it on oh. Netflix and Swill. Let me tell you something. Squarespace, not an ad, by the way. Squarespace, fantastic. Well, I have to come back to that. I it, think it's it, it is it is so easy to use. Uh, I made, you know, we have Netflixable.com. Got to throw the plug in there. Uh, go, go check it out. Made, made it entirely through Squarespace. Barely did anything. I, I know really? nothing about coding. I know nothing at all. And I did all of that. I think you're going to tell me what uh, plan you got on or what, what you started with as the baseline. And maybe I can work it out from there. Because it looks good. Yeah. I'm looking at it now. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't know when uh, we're getting... We're get, Other shows are going to be added. Uh, I know of one. But I haven't heard from them recently. So I have to circle back and make sure they're actually still doing that. Uh, I'm talking, of course, about Apple Plus Teeny or Apple Teeny Plus or whatever it was. Yeah. I, well, we have seen some previews about that. Uh, you know, that, that there's it's coming together slowly. If it's coming together, it is. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. Well, <laughs> okay. Whenever, guys, I'm waiting for you. But uh, yeah, you can find the show on Netflixable.com if you want to stop shop for all things Netflix and Swill. Uh, Google the countdown because there's no website yet. Although Paul is currently looking into that because Squarespace is so fucking easy. Squ- Squarespace, sponsor me. <laughs> now, damn it. <laughs> yeah, right. I could not have given you a better ad than that. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we will return you to your regularly scheduled Netflix product uh, going forward uh, until the next special report, which is likely Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, <laughs> until then, uh, we will see you next Tuesday. Netflix and Swill is an independent podcast. As such, we believe in the scrappy underdogs of the podcast world. If you're an indie podcast and would like us to run your promo on our show, please contact us. The little guys need to stick together. If you enjoy what we're doing, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and telling a friend. The more we grow, the better the show will be. Thank you for being part of the Netflix and Swill family.